Welcome to the How to Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm so excited to have Ryan and Angie from Happy, Happy Healthy Vegan. How are you guys today? Great, thanks. Hi. You're wonderful. And I'm so excited to really share what you're doing because I think you have a really unique perspective because you, you know, you speak a lot about um, veganism, um, but you also bring in the health aspects and you make these incredible videos, you know, just kind of, you, you don't, you're not afraid. You have the courage to actually go against people who are speaking, you know, aren't, aren't either exaggerating, you know, like a paleolithic diet, or you're looking at you know, some, the all meat doctor, why he's saying, I just, I just <laughs> love it because it's not screaming at someone. It's just, you're rational and calm and doing it. So welcome to the how to health podcast. And I want everyone to just kind of preface that so you can kind of understand where you're coming from, but how did you guys become vegan? Were you raised vegan? How did you find it? I find this fascinating. Well, first I want to say thanks, Lloyd, for having us on your podcast. It's very humbling. I mean, seeing all the medical doctors you have on, like Dr. McDougal was your previous guest. And, um, you know, we're just some humble YouTubers. <laughs> and, you know, so, and you're a medical doctor too. So I really appreciate that you appreciate what we're doing. No, I, I, well, thank you because I, I try to look at people and see what they're contributing to the world and you guys are amazing. So thank you for coming. I appreciate it. So back to your your story. Actually our, our plant-based journey begins in the 1980s with Angie. That's true. And, um, I think it was about 1985. I, uh, got a, uh, a 45 inch record from an Austin hardcore punk band um, called MDC. And uh, one of the songs is called chicken squawk. And it was basically about the injustices of raising uh, chicken as, you know, poultry. And there was this huge fold out poster inside that gave all this documentation about the cruelties of factory farming and um, actually talked about uh uh, a vegan diet. So, um, and this it, is the 1980s. Yeah, this is, yeah, I was in high school, and so I made a pledge with two of the uh, two of my friends at school that we were going to give up eating meat. Specifically, everyone used to go to this one spot to get chicken at lunchtime. So I was like, we're not going to get chicken at McCowan's Market anymore. <laughs> we're just going to get the potato logs. And uh, I'm not too sure how my other two friends ended up faring all these years later. But um, for me, I I went on and off with the vegan thing, but I was always solidly a vegetarian. And um, yeah, and then when I I met Ryan in the late 90s, early 2000s, he was he wasn't vegetarian at the time, but he told me that he had been vegetarian. Yeah, and, back when I was living yeah. at home in like late high school or early college, and you know, I, I didn't cook. My parents, my mom controlled that, so it made it tough. She was cool with it, but after a while, it just didn't be, it wasn't practical. So I kind of strayed from that. But yeah, when I met Angie, since she was doing the cooking, I kind of became a vegetarian back then too yeah i when we met i was starting to lean back in towards veganism with all the like plant milks and and you know plant-based the early plant-based cheeses which are you know arguably weren't very good you know like the really early soy cheese and stuff gross but uh yeah we just i just started you know increasing my recipe repertoire and it really didn't take that long until you know he was on board. Yeah. And, and finally, in 2010, we both kind of like drew a line in the sand saying, uh, no more just kind of messing around with veganism. Sometimes we do it for a few weeks or something like that. I just said, I'm going to go vegan for the rest of my life. And I haven't looked back since. So, wow. Eight years and completely vegan. I mean, I was in high school in the 1980s. I graduated in 89. I can't even <laughs> imagine what it's like. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of money. So we ate, I mean, we only ate meat about once a week, but it wasn't because of any type of ethical thought, mm-hmm. but it was just, we didn't have the money. We grew our vegetables. So I was really fortunate Amazing. in that standpoint. Wow. That's called the poppers diet. So <laughs> <laughs> that's really, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here going, wow, I can't even imagine how difficult that must've been back then because there's not the internet. There's not ways to connect exactly. with other people. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, my mom got me a subscription of vegetarian times and I, I sent away via the mail for more information from PETA and I would like hand out flyers and I would put little stickers on 
you know, on, on the market, I go up to the meat and put like, like, you know, little like meat oh, as burger wow. stickers or whatever. And yeah, <laughs> so I, I started, <laughs> I started from an ethical standpoint. It really wasn't until, um, you know, Ryan decided that he wanted to start the happy, healthy vegan show that I really learned a lot more about the health aspects that mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, back in the eighties, that was when everyone was saying like, Oh, you need to combine beans and corn and rice to get a complete protein. And, you know, I thought I had to have protein powders and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff that, you know, I, I now know is it's all been debunked, but like you said, there wasn't the internet in the eight in 1985. It was really hard. I was weird and I was going against the grain. So I would like look for health food stores to, you know, to buy alternative foods. And I was like trying to figure out what to do with tofu. And (laughs) boy, oh my gosh, things have changed. So much change in my lifetime. Every day there's a new product we we discover. It's so now. It is really easy now. I mean, um, so my husband's Filipino, so I, I started eating, I mean, I grew up in the Western (laughs) Southwest, New Mexico. Okay. Think ranches and dairy farms and and things. And then my husband is Filipino. So he grew up with a lot of Asian influence, obviously his parents are from the Philippines. He was raised here. Um, but then our kids, when we, um, so they're, my kids are, oh heavens, 24, 22 and almost 20. And, um, so we raised them plant-based the last six years. Um, well, Emily left at 18 and she found her way eventually. She's in medical school and, but it is hard even then because you're even as a physician and you're learning like when I, when I switched over plant-based, it was like literally overnight because it was such a profound experience. Um, but what happened was it was just, it was still really difficult to find, well, what's the truth, right? Because yeah. even now that is a struggle even with clinicians now, and I can show them evidence in peer reviewed journals and Dr. Dean Ornish and Dr. Esselstyn and, you know, the China study I'm going and look at my own clinical experience with patients. It's still a struggle. Even now I can't even, my mind is blown that one, one, you know, you had this cassette from this punk rock band. Just, that's just, that's fascinating to me. And I just yeah, love it. it blew my mind. I wow. like to point out, you mentioned Dr. Esselstyn, and you said your doc, some of your doctor friends are skeptical. Show them those photos in Esselstyn's book on preventing and, and oh, reversing heart disease. The <laughs> photographs, like, of, like, I think they're lapsed by like two or three years, how a clogged artery is in one photo, and it's like fine. Healed, yep. completely healed in the next phone. Ask yep. your doctor friends, do they know of any other diet can, that, that can reopen clogged arteries back yeah. up? And if they can't, I will listen. You you should hear these conversations we have. No, I have all the books. You trust me. Just so I, well, how do the, they explain that? Is it just a miracle? They don't. The they, this, this is what I've decided. I've decided they're human with their own biases. desires and biases. Mm. And I, there is... When you go to medical school, it's almost like they're a God complex, right? So you go in. For me, I was like, I wanted to be a doctor since I was like 10 because my sister was really ill. She got well from a doctor. It was just really cool. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> it's really awesome. And, you know, sometimes and I went to medical school. My kids were little. So it was, you know, I didn't have, I didn't have time to have any God complex. I was like, I just want to survive. <laughs> so, um, but sometimes people think, you know, they go there, they teach us all this. I know everything. I'm the doctor, you know, and it's unfortunate. And I'm sure you've seen these type of, you know, characters on certain shows and YouTubes and, right. Exactly. So, um, it doesn't surprise me that when you bring in evidence that goes against the grain of prescribing medications and, you know, that is the culture of medicine. It's really humbling moment when you're like, wow, I could have been wrong all those years. Right. So here I am as a physician, I'm doing the guidelines. I'm practicing medicine. I'm prescribing medications the way they're supposed to, but my patients are not getting a hundred percent. They're managed, right? Mm-hmm. They're the, the sick care is being managed, but I'm not, sorry. Hey. That would be the meow meow. who's very <laughs> obnoxious. Oh my goodness. He I runs a house. Come here, meow, meow, come here. <laughs> oh, oh, now he's trying to run away. Come here. Of course. He'll, he'll rub up on me, but oh, he'll come back. Oh, yeah, come here. Oh, yeah. Come here. Oh, he sounds so cool. He's a mess. Oh, so this is. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's so fluffy. Here, say hi. Say hi. He's like, no, just give me loving. Say hi. Nice, say solid, hi. pretty cat there. He's, he's a little chunky. I'm a bad human. I, he, yeah, he's a blast. No, he's, is he high? He's like, hi, meow, meow. 
Hi. <laughs> pretty man. He picked us. Um, we had had a, a our last <laughs> a last um, pet had died, and I was like, I'm done with animals. I can't get attached anymore. Yes, yeah. we know and, that. Yeah. But we had fish, and we had to go to PetSmart. And, you know, they had the local. Um, the local uh, adoptions adoptions yeah, yeah from the local the shelters and we walked by as like okay let's just go look at the kitty cats yeah. <laughs> and so this cat was like stacked up you know they have the cages like three high or whatever oh, wow. and he just was sitting there looking at people walking by and wasn't saying a word in here and so what <laughs> really stop and so what happened was what happened was as we were walking by he put his paw out and he started meowing at me no way yes he did my boys so my two youngest and my husband are with me and they're like that can't just do what i said yeah he's talking to me and he's like meowing and he's like doing his you know prancing thing he's like i know you're the mom and i was like oh my goodness this is i was like I sat and I talked and I petted and pet. My husband's like, we're going to take that cat home. Aren't we? He goes, of course we are. He chose me four years later. <laughs> yeah, still bossing you around. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Anyway, I don't even know where we were. Oh, yeah, I forgot to. <laughs> um, we were in the middle of the God complex. But, oh, yes. oh, sure. Yeah, so I think that's part of it. I think, you know, physicians don't, they're, a, it, it takes, you have to really humble yourself and say, you know what? I was wrong and there's a better way. Um, but it's such an awesome way. Oh my goodness. It's highly addictive. I call it veggie crack to see people get better. So, but I mean, that is fascinating. So how did, so when you, so how long have you been married then? So you've been married for some time. Yeah. 2005. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so then how did the idea of your show become born? How did, how did that conversation go? Well, just kind of without boring you too much, it's just kind of a natural extension of like, everything we've been doing creatively together we um we have a band love spirals been doing that since we met basically um and angie's had a podcast since about maybe 2006 or seven oh wow we started our first podcast in 2005 yeah i I started a band podcast we had one of the first band podcasts up on itunes when podcasts were new yeah and then i started a the chill cast of Angie B, which I've been doing continually since 2006. And it turned into a video um, podcast as well. She said still had her audio only yeah. ones. And I got eventually wanted to help her out and learn to, to edit them. And just and after a while, it's like, I'd like to make some vegan content <laughs> since we have all the tools and, and everything to, to do it all with. Oh, wow. So yeah, it seems like YouTube was a natural place to do it on. So now how long has that, have you been on YouTube? Cause you have like over a thousand videos. I was trying to go yeah. through and I was like, that is so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We started in, um, I think April of 2013 and been oh, going wow. pretty steady since then. Wow. That is incredible. So then what is your favorite component of your show? I mean, what, what parts of it do you, cause I know you guys are on there together sometimes and Ryan, you're on there alone doing your debunking. That's how I found you, <laughs> which I was like, I like this. This is fantastic. So I, I, yeah, I love doing the debunkings. Obviously it's, yeah, it's kind of my strong suit in, in um, college. I, I got to have a degree in, in philosophy. I was, in fact, I was going to graduate school in philosophy, ended up being a grad school dropout to pursue uh, music and um, computers basically. So anyway, yeah, it's a place you know, making my, my debunking videos is a, a place for me where I can use those critical thinking skills. I also have a, a bit of a background in science before philosophy. I had a, I think um, a year, uh, my major before that was research psychology. So oh, I've, yeah. I've, I've, I know how to, I know how to read the science. I, I ran my own studies did the statistics and everything like that. So I have a little bit of that. And I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a scientist per se, but I have at least a little training. So I get to apply my education in a fun way that helps people. And, awesome. and I feel like I'm doing a service too with the age of social media. If you're a vegan or plant-based, you have your snarky friends and relatives that'll forge you. Ha, ah, see, this study says vegans go bald and die young, you know? <laughs> and um, so and many people don't know how to respond to that when they receive this from their mean uncle. So anyway, right. that's where I come in. <laughs> I show exactly right. what, what, what's wrong with these studies or with this crazy podcast or with, the, with their argument and their facts. Mm-hmm. And you can forward that back to your mean uncle anti-vegan uncle right absolutely so then angie what's your favorite part because i know you do different cooking and you share things and 
And then there was a video. Someone was mean to you. If you ever, oh, they no. let me know. Mean. That's horrible. Why are they mean? <laughs> I don't know. Some people just are only happy when other people are sad. Yeah, I guess. So. Um, honestly, probably my favorite thing is the is what is closest to what you know I would have been doing. Were we were we not doing, uh, you know, vegan content. Uh, show and that's uh, vlogs where um, you know I'm going out into nature and filming uh, you know beautiful things and setting it to our music that that's always it you know I'm so happy when I'm editing those and um, so what kind of music yeah, do you travel play? videos are fun to make what kind of, kind of music what kind of music do you play Ooh, what kind of music it's I mean kinda it's like kind of different every album yeah it's it's it's, it's not like like hyperactive music or anything like that. It's more yeah. chill, more it's more moody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, the genre that we most fall under is one that you would and your audience would have never even heard of. It's called dream pop. It's kind of a '90s genre. We still kind of coast in different ways through dream pop and a bit of like you know electronica, down tempo, chill out electronica. Yeah, there's always elements of jazz and soul and oh, wow. rock and folk. I mean. It's a hodgepodge of things. Yeah, and your best ones, I think, are the ones where you make, like you said, those moody outdoor video set turn music. Yeah. We combine it with our travels. Like mm-hmm. when we went to Maui, we made a beautiful one-hour mm-hmm. vlog of how we ate vegan in Maui. Not yeah. only how we ate, all the beautiful things we saw and experienced. And almost every fall, we go camping at an mm-hmm. island offshore here from California called Catalina. And we mm-hmm. eat vegan, obviously. We bring all our food and we show what we bring, how we cook it, and all the other beautiful, fun activities yeah. we do, too. Those are my favorite videos, because, yeah, it's, it's always, it's a challenge to, um, you know, to cook while you're camping, mm-hmm. but actually some of the recipes from my cookbook stem from me figuring out how to, um, you know, how to take our style of eating and apply it to camping, like making fresh uh, whole foods, uh, you know, with a camp stove, and uh, it's so, not yeah. that hard. Yeah, so those videos are fun, too, plus I get to combine just like all the things in our healthy vegan lifestyle, Ryan's running, like he loves trail running. So we'll get some footage of that. Um, my yoga, being able to do yoga outdoors right by the seaside, um, you know, just our walks, like everything all together, eating healthy, being active, getting in touch, you know, with nature. Like those are all, those are really were the original tenants of our show, you know, that mm-hmm. if there's, you know, being vegan is great, but being a healthy vegan is even greater. So, right. so yeah, it's like so you're touching the epitome. Yeah. And you're kind of touching all of those, those things that hold vegan, like a healthy vegan, right? So it's the environment yeah. and animals and peace and contemplation and oh, beautiful yeah. nature and everything. So what is your favorite meal to cook on the camp stoves? I am really intrigued. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I was, I was imagining one of the meals in my head when I was saying that to you. Yeah. I think probably my favorite Let's is... Let's see if it's mine. Yeah, <laughs> we make basmati rice. Ooh, the, the with, doll, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. With the doll, the curry doll. And the and a side of Yes, potatoes. Oh, wow. Curry powder on it. So yeah. good. I okay. love Indian food. Is like yes. I didn't I didn't understand that there were other foods outside of <laughs> Tex Mex where I grew up until I was like, what is that? But vegan has really opened the palate. Holy smokes! I mean, there's so much. So, is this recipe in your cookbook? Where can I find it? Because yes, I mean, yes, yeah. Okay. The Keep It Carb Baby Cookbook has a number of Indian inspired dishes in there, oh, and a number okay. of things that actually I like to make when we're camping. So, folks, that'll be in the show notes, that link to your cookbook. I'm excited about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Weird. Yeah, we got to get oh, you. Oh, really? By the way. Oh, that would be awesome. That would yeah, be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, I'm working with some other friends of mine. They went plant-based, gosh, one was over a decade ago, and the other one was mm, probably eight, mm, six or seven years ago. Each of them lost over 120 and 160 oh, pounds. Wow, yeah. that's and impressive. It is, and they've kept it off. But we're they're amazing individuals, and one does like he's coaching with folks, and the other one does documentary stuff. So we're going to be working together hopefully soon. But that is really cool. That is awesome. So as far as um, what is your favorite debunking story? <laughs> There's so many. I've watched so wow. many of your videos. They're just literally intriguing me. It's like this is well, fantastic. I mean, I mean, last year there was a 
whole bunch of people coming out trying their best to debunk what the hell the movie from clowns like Joe Rogan and Dr. Z Dog, some doctor turned <laughs> uh, low carb paleo you ketogenic YouTuber. Oh, um, this is giving me a headache, doctor. Yeah, and then even the doctors themselves, the doctors' TV show tried their best, and thank goodness, Doctor Garth Davis went on there and just gave them hell. I didn't let them have any slack in their citing meat industry funded studies to prove their points. So yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, what the health was pretty big last year. Awesome. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of because um, what I do because I used to before I moved to. Fact, I live in Washington State now. Before that, I was in Florida, and um, I was working with Dr. Joel Furman, and um, I was his medical director. They had opened a clinic um, where we brought folks in, and we actually fed them a nutritarian, a plant-based diet, and had some awesome results with patients, um, but our our funders literally pulled out overnight. So I was like, oh. all right, so we've moved the whole family here, and now we got to first time I've ever been jobless in my life, except when I was at home with kids, but... Um, so we moved to here. We're doing now. We're doing, um, you know, I'm doing telemedicine, which I love because I can work from home and talk to people. And many of them say, "What the health was the, you know, they're like, hey, yeah. it's so weird you're talking to me about this. I watched that What the Health movie, and one actually happened today. I was like, yeah, there is no coincidences, but that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. You know, someone one would have the courage to make a, you know, movie like that and be a little bit provocative. Um, but then to have to sit back and just the onslaught of ignorance. I mean, Z Dog. Now, I I used to like Z Dog, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, in the sense that he would he was practical in his approach to. Um, he's gotten a little bit more crazy over the years, but then, and back in the day, a few years ago, you know, I'm, I'm a physician. I'm a scientist. I'm a big fan of you know, looking at the science and practicing good medicine. So I am a proponent of vaccines. For whatever listeners don't believe it, that's fine. I know it has saved millions of lives. That is my choice as a physician, and I will share that. And, you know, he's, he made some, he'll make funny videos saying this is why you need to be vaccinating your children, or he'll say something else. But then when he started doing this, the whole thing, I stopped. I unfollowed him. I was, like, blocking him. We were even friends on Facebook, unfriended. And I was like, this is unacceptable. I'm like, yeah. who are you? You're was, speaking ridiculousness. And on top of the misinformation, it's just so unprofessional the way he was referring to fellow medical doctors, just saying this is not scientists, ridiculing them, calling them bad names. I just yep. lost all respect for him. Exactly. And those doctors are my personal friends. And that mm-hmm. was another reason. So I was like, that is just, just disgusting, first of all. But, you know, if you're going to speak, if you have a platform and you have thousands of people listening to you, you need to be responsible with that response, you know, with that honor and the privilege to have someone's ear. And so it's really frustrating to me to have people do that. So, but anyway, you do a fantastic job. Um, Thanks. So, I don't resort to name calling and ridiculing no, people. I ridicule no. their logic, but not <laughs> yeah. them right. as people. Right, yeah. right. You're, you're just, exactly. You're, you're, well, speaking the truth. And it's funny to me that some people are like, well, truth is relative. I'm like, no, not no. actually. Uh, truth, there are, there is, there is absolute truth. If you go jump off that six story building, I'm pretty sure the gravity is still going to be there. And so, you know, it's um, just like when we talk about, you know, the benefits of eating a, a vegan or a plant-based diet. Um, so what have you found to be the biggest hurdles for, you know, bringing this message forward? Do you guys struggle? I mean, did, I mean, people are mean to Angie, which frustrates me when I saw that video. I was like, hmm. Mean to vegans in general. Yeah. Well, I kind of, I think I'm a little bit sheltered a little bit because I'm a physician. And so people kind of, they're like, she probably does know more than me. So they don't give me such a hard time. Wait till your channel gets bigger. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That I'll look forward to because I, I kind of appreciate the back and forth because I know what I practiced medicine for a long time before that. And then I've seen what happens the last six years. There ain't nothing like it. And there isn't. I'm just, you just can't, you can't be proved wrong with this. <laughs> we don't let the haters. I don't let the haters get to me. I mean, 99% of the time when you see their hateful comments, it has, mm. they're, they're the words, what they're trying to express has nothing to do with us or vegans. Right. It has something to do with them. They're expressing some issue that that's, they're working through so it's all yeah. projection i have compassion for them no matter how hateful they are I just kind of laugh and go oh, poor guy 
<laughs> or make a video about them and say, hmm. Occasionally, when I get enough good ones saved up, I will do one of those videos like you saw, responding to mean and hateful hater comments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. those are fun. I- it was entertaining. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> don't like to give them too much airtime. I'll That's do maybe a That's couple true. times they a year tops. Don't feed the troll. Yeah, but just sometimes there's just so many gems from these trolls. <laughs> they're, they're priceless, hateful comments. They're ridiculously silly, and they need to be exposed. Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you can sort of get that because there's these health grades for physicians, you know, and people go on there. And there's a few great comments, but then it's always the people like you didn't give an antibiotic to, or you didn't refill their pain medicines. And they're like, eh, this back uh-huh. to this. And I'm like, you know, by law, I can't respond. I know why you're hmm. doing that. I can't go say wow. blah, 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 um, because of HIPAA. Um, and one, I'm, I'm professional, I'm not going to do that, but, um, I almost think there should be a class action lawsuit against these things because I, I don't, it's not fair. It's not right. I mean, yeah. anyway, especially if you live in a little town, I can only oh. imagine a physician in a small town. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Slanderous. So as far as what have you found to be the most joyful thing by doing this? Like, what have you, like, were you surprised? What was the biggest surprise that came from you know, sharing, because you have a large audience, like 190,000 or something like that, right? Or Yeah, I mean, they don't all watch all our videos. In fact, that right. number is a little skewed because we've been around so long. I would say like maybe half those people probably haven't watched a video in two years. But still, <laughs> but still, right? I yeah. mean, you've reached many, many people and then no sharing doubt. on social media and that type of thing. So what have you found to be the most enjoyable or the biggest surprise by doing that? I mean, YouTube is such an interesting yeah. culture. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's, um, I mean, this is part of both YouTube and Instagram because I'm, I'm heavily involved. I mean, I run the Instagram account, so I'm like heavily involved in that aspect. But um, we get messages on both every single day from mm-hmm. people who we've changed our lives for the better. And people come up to us too sometimes. Well, they always come up to us at the... Veg Fest and the other events. And when they tell, tell me their story, you know, like sometimes they've only been vegan for a matter of days or weeks and they're already seeing all these uh, positive effects on their health and dropping weight and their energy levels. And really every single day, someone reaches out in some way to let us know that we changed our lives. Like we just got, I just got a, actually they tagged me on a picture that they posted to everyone. They had just bought our shirt. This was just a few days ago. They just bought our tie-dye shirt and they're wearing it. And they told their story about how they're, um, they were a young person, maybe in their twenties, but all throughout school, they were always bullied. They were always overweight and um, they couldn't understand why everyone was so mean and they would end up eating, you know, to make themselves feel better. And they're eating junk food. And then it was just like this vicious circle and um, that our show and, you know, other shows like ours had helped them to change their life completely around that they had lost a lot of weight. You could see that you had totally normal body weight in the picture. Um, and that was the first time he actually felt happy in his entire mm-hmm. life. He felt healthy. He felt good about himself. And he was like getting really active in his local vegan community. In fact, he's going to a veg fest this weekend in Cleveland. Wow. Yeah. And I saw on his Instagram that he had just been to like an animal rights conference too. And I was like, wow, you know, like (laughs) what we do really does impact people. So as many people try to, you know, drag me down, write something hateful or whatever on the internet, there's more people that um, send me, you know, positive messages and really appreciate what we're doing. And I still some of your clap just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. What Um, about for you? At a, at a um, veg fest, I think last year, or was it um, Long Beach Vegan Festival? I get them all mixed up. But I remember yeah. we met a family. We made we, we were help you know we helped a family go vegan. Like yeah. mother, father, daughter, uh, more than one family. Yeah, it's like it's wow. Yeah, this happens that. multiple times. Yeah, I mean, which is amazing because I can't get my family to <laughs> go vegetarian or anything. So oh. I, it's cool when something we do is responsible for an entire family going plant based. Totally. A woman last year came up to me at VegFest and said that she was she was uh, scheduled to have a surgery on her eyes, um, and somehow I don't know how she got she started following our advice, and she was so well now that she no longer had to get the wow. surgery, and she was just like, 
practically hugging me like I was a saint. I was just like, whoa, this is so weird. She was like, yeah. so, so, so thankful. That, that, that is the most thrilling. And seeing that, that right there, that little piece of that, that's what's so awesome about being a physician, right? So you can, you people come to you with their problems and you already have this, you know, many of the times we'll have this message of the plant-based eating. You can reverse that chronic disease. It is so highly addictive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a family, right? When you meet other people who eat like this, it's like an instant, like they're the nicest people. I've been to many oh, conferences yeah. that were like, you know, the AFP, the American Academy of Family Medicine, because I'm a family doc and um, other ones. And they're just different. When you go to those plant-based conferences, it's like, it's like your family. It's really cool. I guess because awesome. we're all seeing the same truth and our truth is like so different from what the norm is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You almost have to, and it's just so rational though. Right. I mean, I mean, I consider myself a rational human. And so when you look at the facts and that the facts play out in real life over and over and over and over again, yeah. this just seems like a rational human would do. <laughs> like, why wouldn't I, I almost think I, I can't imagine not sharing this with someone because I think that would be mal, you know, for me, I think yeah. it would be malpractice, right? Cause you know, um, I, it's just not, it's not kosher cause I, you could change someone's life. So I'm like, you know, when I'm doing telemedicine and someone calls in for a UTI and I see they're diabetic, I'm like, yep, it's going to be a longer visit than just my <laughs> 10 minutes talking about this. Um, because it's just, it's so life transforming. Um, well, speaking of diabetic levels, we were talking earlier about the all meat eating doctor, Sean mm-hmm. Baker. And I thought of him too. So, uh, it sounds like, yeah, you watched my video about that. Yes, where I did. His, <laughs> his fasting glucose level was 127 and anything yep. over 125 or 126 is considered diabetic. Yep. What, I never proclaimed him diabetic. I'm just saying, according to all the... Uh, how, diabetic. How to interpret, yeah, your lab panels, 127 is diabetic. Is, mm-hmm. is that a fair yep. assessment? Yeah. yeah, so the American in diabetic association there's certain guidelines so any fasting blood sugar even one time over 126 is a diabetic so he is a type 2 diabetic or if you get a random non-fasting blood sugar over 200 diabetic Um, now there's this pre-diabetic stage you know between 100 and 125 but it's the process is still occurring so he is a diabetic absolutely and it was confirmed i thought i'm not a medical doctor obviously but by his hemoglobin a1c test and it was on the high range of pre-diabetes yeah what was it i don't even know what is you Um, remember it was 5.7 probably or 5.8 what's what's diabetic on the hemoglobin a1c test so it was like like two notches below diabetic uh so that would be 6.4 so 6.4 he was 6.3 oh okay yeah Yeah, so yeah 6.4 diabetic from the sense of three months so the way the hemoglobin a1c works is that it's um how sticky your red blood cells are so the the life cycle of a red blood cell is about 90 days and so then you know, you can measure that the hemoglobin C tells me about on average where your blood sugar was over those 90 days. So that's why you do that every three months or so. Did you buy his explanation that he's so athletic that his red blood cells have a different life cycle than normal people? And his fasting glucose is 127 was okay because he says he's so athletic and other really athletic people seem to have high fasting glucose levels. Does the American Diabetic (laughs) Diabetes Association? First of all, he doesn't understand that exercise actually lowers your blood sugar. That's why <laughs> that's why type one diabetics have to be very careful when how they're eating and their insulin uh, regimen with exercise because it drops it so significantly. <laughs> exercise helps diabetes. It cracks me up. Oh my goodness, no. So anything above like let's say five point seven is considered pre-diabetic to that six point four range, and then beyond that, you're a full-blown diabetic. So he's. By fasting blood sugar, diabetic, and by A1C, he's just almost there. So he must have a high fasting blood sugar. It's 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 high most of the time. So yeah, which is amazing since he supposedly eats no food that contains any um, carbohydrate. Well, and that's because he doesn't understand right the insulin resistance with the saturated fats, the intramyocellular lipotoxicity. So these fats, you guys know, infiltrate the muscle and the liver where they don't belong. And then they disrupt that ability of the insulin receptor to work well. And that, then you that's get the insulin Zedon said, not actual science. Remember on his yeah. response video to what the hell they flashed on the screen, not actual science. <laughs> and, I, and he's such a, 
you're a highly respected researcher and published. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah, so published and yeah, he speaks at diabetes conferences and he has yes. like no studies to his name. I think maybe one or two. While well, like say mm-hmm. Dr. Neil Bernard and Z Dog asked, "Who is this guy?" Well, he has mm-hmm. like literally like over a hundred studies. He's he's authored and co-authored relating to diabetes. And, and not only that, he has his own research center. He's the Bernard <laughs> Medical Center. He's. Are you kidding me? Dr. Bernard's written like what eighteen or nineteen? But I lost count. Every time I talked, I was like, "How many more books have you written since on I talked to you last- <laughs> on on diabetes on anything?" And I'm just like. You have no idea. When is that, when have you read any nutritional study? First of all, who are you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's and that's that's the thing. I think it's just so irresponsible of people to take that platform that they've been I consider blessed with and use it and not in a responsible manner without and, doing your doing due, due diligence and reading, looking at your homework. And he has further responsibility wearing the badge of a medical doctor yeah, to right. to provide factual information right right and not just because this is what you believe because that's what you've been told well hmm is they're making movies about this and people are and doctors are claiming it other doctors maybe i should actually look at this maybe i'm wrong maybe there's something that i should be looking at i mean i sure was willing to because i'll tell you quickly um my how i switched to the plant-based diet was one I was in Western Colorado. If you've ever been to Western Colorado, I was, we lived there for about six or seven years. And um, so I lived in a town called Rifle. <laughs> okay. So you understand the kind of the amazing, beautiful people, but you know, they're ranchers and hunters and that's the culture. Um, and I um, had a young woman come to see me. She was in her later thirties and she had medical issues and overweight. And she's like, Dr. Marvis, meat and dairy upset my stomach. I said, well, stop eating meat and dairy. And, um, you know, thinking she'd be fine. I mean, I understood intuitively she'd have food, but I never really thought like, Oh, that's a vegan or a plant-based diet. And really it didn't dawn on me. Like this is how thick my skull is. And so she came back in 30 days and, um, you know, you had written a meat and up dairy at her stomach. She's going to, um, come back and we'll start adding foods in and see what the issue is. And, um, she came back in 30 days and brought her daughter with her and who was 16 at the time and went on this diet with her mom. So now if you're in Western Colorado and rifle, we have a Walmart and we have a city market. It's like a Kroger's or a, you know, just a regular grocery store. There are no restaurants. There's a place (laughs) that's going to serve vegan food. There is a place called shooters where the waitresses wear real, real guns. (laughs) No way. I am am absolutely dead serious. I said, that's women who get good tips. I'll tell you that much. And um, they've actually even made like, I think they were on um, Good Morning America one time. It's like, so this is the place that I lived in this woman. So she had to buy groceries and cook them at home. So she's not going to go out and buy, you know, vegan junk food somewhere at your local vegan restaurant. This is not going to happen. And so what was funny was, um, well, amazing, I should say. Um, she came in with her daughter, brought her to the appointment, missed school to show me what had happened. She goes, during the last 30 days, she stopped herself from taking two ADD meds. And she had been on those wow. for years. And wow. she goes, tell me why that was. I was like, she wasn't angry, but she was a little bit frustrated. She's like, how is this possible? Why didn't anyone tell me this? I'm like, I don't know, but that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, so I just started grilling her. I'm like, what were you eating? She was, why well, didn't you eat meat or dairy? I'm like, I know that, but what did you eat? And um, so she ate beans and whole grains and nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables. And um, I was just like, I just don't understand. This is incredible. So I, of course, right after that appointment, I Google. And the first thing that pops up is a China study. And um, I read that book in two days. And I was like, <laughs> what? They can turn cancer off and on. Yeah. That's amazing. What? There are, there was a part of that study where there was almost 300,000 people, no heart attacks in two years. What? <laughs> I was like, what? I mean, mind shattering, blowing. I'm going, what am I going to do? I have three teenagers at home and a husband. Oh my goodness. And, um, <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? And that's where it started. And I had a lupus patient a few weeks later, cause I was still trying to wrap my head around all this. And, um, she, we put her on a plant-based diet because she came in with 50 pounds overweight and 12 meds and high doses of steroids and methotrexate, which is a chemo drug. And, mm. you know, she's telling me about her migraines and I'm going, I need a lab rat. This is, this is my guinea pig. And she's sitting here. She's a lovely person. And 
and she was kind enough to take me up on my offer of being my guinea pig and saying eating plants. And um, she did. And before she left, we measured her inflammatory marker called CRP. Mm-hmm. And it was three times high normal. I said, you have to come back in two weeks because I can't wait 30 days because this is... <laughs> this is going to change. Things are getting, you know, you can feel it. You're just so excited. And, um, she came back in two weeks and her CRP had dropped to just outside normal, eight pounds lighter. Migraines are better. Five months later, 50 pounds lighter off seven to 12 meds. Kidneys had improved. Um, just some incredible recovery stories. And that two week point when she came back and I saw that inflammation marker drop in someone who was so sick, I was like, "Mm, this is it. So I came home (laughs) to a Oh my God. 13 year old, 15 year old, and an 18 year old. And my God bless my husband. He's such a nice person. And I said, we're going on a plant-based diet. My husband's like, well, are you still cooking? I was like, yeah. He's like, all right. So, um, luckily we had raised them not to be picky because, you know, I'm not a short order cook. I was like, you either eat what you have or you're not eating because I don't have time to make multiple meals. And, um, so that's what we did. I literally threw everything out that night, threw down my purse, threw out the eggs and milk, the dairy, cheese, Out it went. And then I stayed up to one in the morning saying, what am I going to do? And uh, how am I going to feed my family? And what was really interesting is we, you know, thinking we had been following what we should, but a quarter of a grass fed beef and a freezer in our garage. So this was in 2012. And I'm going, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to give it to the shelter? I don't know. I'm not going to give it to a human. I'll kill them. And, uh, <laughs> and um, two days later, the freezer broke and we ah. came home no, that's the end of God. And so the freezer yeah. broke and there literally was like stench and odor. Yeah. And it was like, it's too much. And uh, my husband's like, Lori, if you would not have been with me, I'd have sworn you unplugged that. I was like, I didn't <laughs> unplug that because God knew, you know, it had been easy for the kids to go, mom, we have this out here. We should just eat it and yeah. kind of fell on. But he's like, nope, I got other plans for you. You're going down oh, this yeah. path. And um, what was really cool is just to see all the ripple effects of, of even now I get emails from patients from Colorado who had other friends. They helped, you know, mm-hmm. that I helped go plant base. They went plant base. And it's just been such a blessing. So, but that's how that crazy story. <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, that's, but we're here to interview you and your story. <laughs> so yeah, happening. it is, it's, it is really interesting to hear how people um, transform. What are some of the most interesting stories you've heard about people you know, switching their diets. I mean, have you heard, I mean, surely you've seen some pretty interesting things or people come from an ethical point and they didn't expect this. You know, that's the other thing too, is you go plant-based, then you start understanding animals like in the environment. And so it's, it's interesting how your brain evolves. It's like doors are open, like the, the drapes are drawn open and you're like, Whoa. Yeah. I call it, it's just going vegan or plant-based is a win, 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 win situation. There's no reason not to go plant-based or vegan it's just mm-hmm. good like you said oh, we've been discussing health obviously here but we've touched upon ethics that's when i think that's what really stoked me at first and when i first started to go fully vegan i realized after eating a week of vegan that no animals needed to die in order for me to live and that is a profound thought it should be for people that no animals need to die in order for you to live i go okay I'm all right. That's it. I'm sold. Why do animals need to die in order for me to live? They don't. And then you learn about the environmental destruction. Just watch a movie like Cowspiracy, like over, um, like, what was it? 90% of the Amazon rainforest destruction is due to cattle ranching. Uh, the number one source of greenhouse gases is not transportation. It's, it's animal agriculture. And the list just goes on what's going on with the oceans. There's just no reason not to go vegan. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's disheartening too, because I don't, it's funny how we compartmentalize animals, right? And so the speciesism, I guess is, I can't remember her name. She wrote that book. Um, anyway, it'll come back to me, but you know, just how we're like, well, we can look at cats and dogs and those are our pets and we love them and we die for them, their family. But then we look at, you know, other animals that they're disposable. And I mean, it's just, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. I mean, you see, you know, the cows that are released from like being in mm-hmm. farms or dairies they and, they're, live. and they're bouncing and they're mm-hmm. running and jumping. I'm like, did you ever see a thousand pound cow jump like that? I'm like, <laughs> no. that's incredible. And um, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, so for me, that's the one thing. And when my daughter was little, when she was two, very vocal child and um, well, verbal, I shouldn't say vocal. She was verbal. Um, 
she saw, and I should have clued in at this point. She's almost three and we were at a grocery store and you know how they have the lobsters and they're living and they're in the water. And she's like, mom, why are, why are the lobsters here? And it's like, that's because people cook them and she goes, they die. And you know, she just was like, they're gone. They're like, eat them. <laughs> like yeah. she just, and she did not want any part of that. She was really upset. And I just, just the innocence of children in those videos that you see. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I can't it's, even imagine. I know that's one of the things that's so great about the digital age is that, you know, all these things are coming to light. I was the same thing when I was a kid. I remember asking my mom, I, my mom said that I was always asking why, 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 but I remember <laughs> specifically, you know, like some, chicken and I was like what's this you know and I was asking about all the different body parts and my mom didn't shy away from telling me the truth She's like that's a vein that's mm-hmm. cartilage and I was just like so horrified but it, you know when you're that young it's tough when that's what your family's you know purporting is what's normal and natural to do and to eat mm-hmm. but and also getting back to the digital age and we were just talking about, you know, animals not having to die to eat. You know, when I went vegetarian in the 80s, um, I didn't understand what it took to create milk or mm-hmm. eggs. You know, it's, we were all kind of of the mind like, oh, well, the animals aren't dying to make milk and eggs. But they are. So that'll be okay. But, you know, it's really has only been until recent times that I've seen all these horrible videos where you see what's really happening to create eggs and milk where I was like, oh man, if I had known that sooner, you know, I would have, I would have tried so much harder to, to, to be vegan, you know, in the eighties. And also, honestly, you were asking about health stories. We didn't get a chance to answer that yet. Um, I suffered from a, a number of just like smaller health complaints my whole life, which all cleared up once I completely got rid of milk products. I, I mean, I kind of always knew that I was lactose intolerant once people started talking about that and like lactate came out, but I had eczema, really bad eczema since I was a kid. And, and I used so many different kinds of medicines and creams and nothing ever worked. But weirdly, I noticed after I had, you know, totally given up dairy, it really wasn't that long until I was like, (laughs) wait a minute, I haven't had any eczema and I don't remember how long I also would suffer from, um, I guess, irritable bowel syndrome type things like really painful like horrible you know sudden uh, you know very graphic that went away completely I if I had known I would have totally given up milk so much sooner you know but people would always try to tell you you need milk for healthy bones blah 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 you know all of that nonsense I had no idea yeah I also had a problem. I had a problem with uh, GERD, you know, all, all of the little niggling things that made my life very uncomfortable, but weren't like, you know, uh, like, going to the hospital. Yeah. It wasn't immediately, you know, like uh, life threatening that all that stuff cleared up. Wow. All the things the doctors couldn't figure out cleared right. up. Yeah. And as a older athlete type, you know, we're both 50 you know, I just went to the gym today. I played basketball for like an hour and a half and lifted weights for another like 45 odd minutes. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm just saying I recover quickly. I remember what it's like recovering from activity like, you know, before I went vegan. I was like, oh man, getting old sucks. But now it's like, I don't really say that much anymore. Just, I feel fine the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be no 48. Yep. No, I feel really good. I'm, I'm almost 48. So I, oh, wow. yeah, so I can keep up with those 20 year old kids, but yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we've done Spartan races up in the mountains of Colorado oh, wow. and we, we do, we run all the time. Trail running, love that. We're going to Leadville in, in June. Oh my goodness. We're doing the small race. I, oh, okay. Um, 100. No, no, I, I don't feel like killing myself. <laughs> Even the best of athletes, they suffer. They yeah, suffer greatly. Notoriously mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. But um, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the other thing is, people don't understand just what normal is, right? So we think normal is those nagging heartburn and GERD and, you know, upset stomach and eczema. I was like, oh, it's just genetic. So I did the same thing, right? So um, I had suffered allergies for 30 plus years. Oh yeah, me too. Though they're horrible. You feel tired, you're sneezing, deathly allergic to cats, miserable. I've been hypothyroid. I was pregnant with my second child, Jonathan, and 
when I was 22 years ago, when during that pregnancy, I developed um, Hashimoto's, which is hypothyroidism, and it affected him. So when he was born, he actually had hypothyroidism t- positive tests. So my antibodies affected him. And by two weeks later, they had flushed out. His test was normal, but he ended up with severe dyslexia. He's done fabulous. He's an amazing, bright child, um, adult, excuse me, young man, about to finish college. <laughs> and, um, you know, what was incredible though, is that he had to suffer because I didn't know. Mm. And, but those allergies, when we went plant-based within three months were completely gone. It was like, you're like, Oh wow, I don't have eczema. I was like, huh, I haven't eaten that Allegra. Cause I didn't wake up feeling all stuffy, reminding oh, me yeah. to take it. And exactly. And my thyroid dosage dropped for four years in a row. That's great. 15. And that was 15 years into it. It was like my husband lost 65 pounds. And we're like, this is amazing. But it's crazy. Yeah, isn't it? And and talk about stomach. Gabriel, my youngest, he used to have severe abdominal pain. I never even yeah. dreamt that it was the dairy, but that's what it was because it all went away. It wow, all went exactly. away. He he was even hospitalized once for it. Um, <sighs> elevated white count. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. Um, we had gone plant based. Uh, he was thirteen. He's he's he'll be twenty in October, and um, I think he was about fifteen. He was running cross country, and they had made it to state. Um, he didn't make it, but he went with the group to support the one kid, those that did. And his coach knew that we were plant-based and Gabe was pretty good about staying on track. But you know, this coach is like, Ooh, let's go eat ice cream and hamburgers and pizza. Well, he came back. Oh, be very afraid. He came back and he just like, mom, I'm not feeling so I'm just going to go to sleep. It was like in the early afternoon. And so he went to bed. I was like, you know, they probably stayed up late the night before, whatever they were in Denver and they came back to call, you know, where we were in rifle. And, um, called me from his room at two 30 in the morning. Okay. This kid, I'm like, why is the kid calling me from across the room? He was in such severe pain that he couldn't get up and walk to come get us. So I, I went to his room. It's like, mom, I've really upset stomach. It's horrible. And it, I watched him for two hours and it migrated from this round his belly button to that right lower side. Like you have appendicitis. What did you eat? And he's like, mom, Mom, it was not that bad. I was like, yes, it was. What did you eat? <laughs> I'm going to kill your coach. <laughs> so I was like, now I have to call the hospital and tell them that we're coming because you ate bad. <laughs> so wow. we went to the ER and they admitted him. His appendix looked okay on ultrasound, but they wanted to watch him because his white cap went up and the pain was so severe, morphine wouldn't even knock it out. And this is wow. obviously an opiate, a naive child. And for 12 hours, he suffered. Uh, and he's like, I will never do that again. And this kid is <laughs> such a clean eater. And uh, holy moly, I, you know, it was just, I was like, Mm-mm-mm. but that is the power of food. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel for him. I used to spend so much time in bed. I was, oh. I would never had any energy. I, I forgot, I kind of forget how horrible my <laughs> life was. I had, I had all this like, <laughs> I thought that I had like early uh, arthritis and like, you know, I was told I was allergic to dust. Like I literally, I did, I was not an active child at all. I was like the kind of kid laying in my bed reading books, you know, I'm so much more active in my late forties and now 50 than I was, you know, in, in my twenties and thirties. Like now I ride a bike regularly everywhere I go. I do like, I, I'm better than most people in my yoga classes. Like, yeah. I, I feel like a completely different person. I, I just really wish that I had known that all I needed to do was stop eating dairy. Yeah, that yeah. information just wasn't out there. Being when vegetarian we were wasn't as healthy as that, I thought it was. That's what's amazing now. The information's out there for everyone. And, you know, yeah. kids in their teens are, are learning about this. That's one of our biggest demographics, or like oh, people wow. under 20. Wow. That's, that's, they're on YouTube. They're not watching network television. Yeah, they're on I YouTube. I mean, they're watching other bad stuff on YouTube too, like Z Dog, <laughs> whatever. But yeah, they're watching vegan channels for sure, hardcore. That's awesome. So that's but cool. It, we have hope for the, the next generation, you know, to really take it to the next level. We do. And my daughter's plant based. She's in medical school. Her fiance, she's getting married in January, is a plant based. He convinced his parents to go plant based. So oh, I'm, I've done my share. I've reproduced the next level. But, um, <laughs> But it's really interesting, don't you guys think, some of the biggest myths and how they continue to be, I mean, yeah. earth-shattering to people when you tell them. I was like, so one of my favorite things to do with patients is like, so what was the original tension of cow's milk? 
And they go, <laughs> for us to drink? I was like, no. What? For us to drink? To drink. <laughs> yeah, that's, they're so brainwashed. I mean, I, I have got that over and over. And it's not just one or two. I mean, it's over. And they're like confused. Like, well, for us to drink, of course. Why else would they do that? I was like, for a calf to drink? And they're like, oh. oh. Didn't think oh, about that. Oh, wow. Didn't make the connection. <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, isn't that interesting? I mean, they've done a... I mean, if you have to look at a marketing job, I mean, they have done a good marketing job. But oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. disturbing. Mm. It but yeah, but I know I promise to keep you guys within that 30, 60 minute range. And so we're pushing up on that. So oh. um, yes, it was awesome. Is there anything else that you guys like, tell me where we should, people can find you and what they should learn or know about you. Any good advice, any last words? Yeah, follow us for sure on YouTube. You can see the broad uh, range of t- video types that we were talking about that we make. Um, we're just happy, healthy vegan on YouTube yeah. and on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yep. Happy, healthy vegan. Yep. Those are the main two. We're on other social media platforms, but those are, are the two that we're on pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. And you have t-shirts and swag. You have right. cookbooks and music yeah. all for sale. Right. Yeah. On yeah. our website, happyhealthyvegan.org. <laughs> yeah, the, the book is called Keep It Carb Baby, which is the exit. Can you grab it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely grab it. Right, it's sitting underneath Proteinaholic, so we have to <laughs> light it out from that. Okay. Who I still need to interview. Oh, he, you should. I, I, well, and we've been trying to coordinate because he moved from Houston moved, huh? to, to North Carolina. Yeah. yeah, so it's been hard to nail him down. So this is the book. It started as an ebook, and um, oh, wow, then it's so pretty. Uh, the vegan printer printed up like two or three hundred copies because I was doing my first ever um, you know, uh, speech at VegFest, and um, and he's one of the people that puts it on. So, cool. but I sold out of them. So we That's did another awesome. run of like two or three hundred. Keep doing it every few months. I, know, I think we're on like yeah, our fourth run now. It's really cool. It's full color, as you can see. Every page yeah. is color and. It has um, this yeah. spiral binding thing. So you can just slap it, leave it open on the kitchen yeah. counter. It stays open to the page on. And she's a great chef, but Thanks. she did such a good job writing this book that someone like me who's challenged in the kitchen, I can follow her recipes. I make the dishes and I serve them to her yeah, and like us, that. and it tastes like great. as if she had made it. So <laughs> awesome. it's yeah. a success. You don't have to be a, a skilled. And I want to say too, these aren't like, you know, fancy dishes. Like you said, you like to make stuff, you know, that's really oh, yeah, practical, but not like gourmet dishes or anything like that. So it's oh, just yeah. relatively easy awesome. to make food that you could eat right then there. You don't have to like soak beans overnight or anything weird like that. Oh, and I, I love the title. I love the title. Yeah, high yeah. carb. Yeah, high it's carb. So there's funny. no no oil. You it's, know, Dr. McDougall would be proud of that. Yeah, it, that's what I wanted to So the this book, the whole thing is that it's um, recipes that are really healthy for you. It, I wanted, mm-hmm. a lot of people these days don't know how to cook from, uh, you know, for, just from the plants themselves. You know, everyone thinks you grab a box, you grab a can, you get some frozen stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which can be fine, but... You know, we shop at farmers markets, so this is what I do when I when I get the potatoes and the green beans and you know all the different things that are available. This is how I put it together to make you know so soups, stews, cool. and other things like that. And um, awesome. so I, I I really wanted to uh, make as healthy a food as possible. So it's it's all salt free, oil free. We happen to be onion and garlic free as well, just for personal preferences. Um, Brian feels better when he doesn't. Have I just don't like to Alan smell family. weird for like two days. That's my main preference yeah. there. Look at all these pictures get me really hungry. I know. I feel super. Hungry. Actually, I'm kind of hungry too. I was like, "Can you come live with me?" I just, I'm just the, the first, you're not the first person to have asked that. I know people ask that all the time. Please be my parents and cook for me. So yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what keep it carbs about. It's, cool. it's about trying to help people not only be vegan but to be healthy vegans and it's got like a long kind of like our story the journey of how we came to decide to eat this way in awesome. the beginning of the book and and she's working really on cool. another book for um, publication next year yeah the next one I, I'm going to give people a little bit more of a break and be a little bit more like okay open this can and that can and put it together with these fresh things because you know some people want to eat really quick they don't want to yeah. wait one hour first you know right. I don't mind waiting an hour for my soup but I'm trying to make things that are a little bit quicker for them yeah, because that and that's the one thing that I always came across was just people's it's time, right? So if you can give them time, um, that makes a big difference. It's hard for people to forecast. Oh, I'm going to be sick in 20 years when they feel okay right now eating this way. You know <laughs> what I so mean? Like, but you don't understand. It's an investment account. 
<laughs> totally. But, it's yeah. your health insurance. Come on. That's exactly. You're exactly right. Well, thank you again for spending your time with me. I so appreciate it. And our audience will love it. And I'm going to definitely share with as many people as I can. So, oh, right, Thanks, right. Laura. It's thanks. been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much.